Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Today, my guest is Daisy Yu. Daisy grew up in Beijing, China, and was born with a severe disability. As a result, which is often the case, she was a target of bullies. And bullies are people who believe it's their right to punish someone just because they're different, whether in the way they act or the way they look or because of something that happened to them that they had no control over. And understanding this, she did not allow that to quench her spirit. And her spirit was one of never give up. And of course, the name of my show is Never Ever Give Up Hope. And so I'm really, really excited to see what Daisy has to share today. She changed her life by dreaming and fulfilling her destiny and making it a reality. And I'm excited to hear what she has to share about herself, her story, and the name of her book, which is A Girl That Was to Sell Soy Sauce. So she obviously has come a long way. She's therefore an author. She's also a motivational speaker. And today she is going to encourage us and motivate us with her message of Miracles Do Happen. Welcome, Daisy. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm excited. I read your um, your um, parts of your book. I read your, your websites, and I know that you're going to share with a lot of people who have been hurting, who feel hopeless, and you're going to encourage them because there's, I've always said when there's life, there's always hope, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's start with your birth. Tell me what happened at birth and share as well, much as you would like. Yes. As some of you may or may not know, during the time I was born, it's really during China's cultural revolution. So the whole country is chaotic. And my mom was in labor for 24 hours before the doctor, which is a night shift doctor, discovered, uh-oh, she's a breech baby. But at the time, C-section was not even allowed. I mean, they don't have that kind of technology. So the doctor just grabbed one of my leg, which happened to be my right leg, and just yanked me out. Oh. And when my parents took me home, within a week, they discovered my right hip was purpled and swollen. So they took me back to the hospital uh, where I was born, and they say, you know, you had to go to a bigger hospital. So my parents took me to a bigger hospital, and the doctor decided, oh, she has to go through surgeries. So in the next five years, I had six surgeries. 
And this was to correct the hip? Yes. And uh, back then, you know, they really don't have any way of measuring the anesthesia. And when after all these surgery, they discover they overdose me. Oh, my goodness. So what, the, what do they do? They Instead of saying, you know, we're sorry or whatever, they say, oh, it's be- better for you guys to have more kids. Oh. She's going to be useless. Oh. So it was very, very difficult time for my parents with really no help no money, and it just, you know, like the whole world just collapsed in front of them. And my parents discussed and made a decision to never have any more kids because to them, they just cannot guarantee if they have healthy kids, if they're going to be favoring them. Okay. So they decided to give me the 100% of their love. So that's really initially what they decided to do. And it wasn't until... After that, you know, my dad still had the hope to somehow somebody is going to help me. So whenever he heard anywhere possible that has some kind of cure, he would just take me either by bike or bus or train for a while. And then one of the last doctor told my mom that because I was still relatively young, if if they're going to give me the, the right nutrition, maybe some of my brain cell could regrow. It is really, that is it yeah. the anesthesia that affected your brain? Yeah. Well, that and also the breech baby, and I was in there too long. Okay. Okay. So it was both things that caused it. Okay. And what kind of? Uh, let's just stop here for a moment and just yes. share what kind of brain damage then did they diagnose you with? Well, they were just saying a lot of brain cell died. Okay. I'm most likely going to be very slow. Okay. Um, when it comes to my hip, uh, they because they completely damaged. I really don't have hip socket even up until today. Everything is connected with needle, big needles, nails. Okay. Okay. And uh, so they say, you know, my limping is going to be get worse as I age, because that also going to crook my spine, all kinds of problems. So in front of my parents, it's really two big issues. Uh, my parents more worry about the fact that who's going to take care of me when I'm older. Mm. So in in a way that they do understand why doctors say what they say, because at some point my parents are going to be too old to take care of me. If there are other kids, maybe I will have family member to do so. But another reason they couldn't do it, and my parents were poor, it's, it's, hard, it's very hard to even raise me. Mm. But one of the greatest thing, I think one of the greatest gift in life is I did have my mom. And I think now looking back, the biggest lesson I learned is sometimes it seems like in life there's no hope. But I can tell you for sure there's always, God never give you something that you cannot handle. That's right. And to me, God gave my mom. And my mom didn't realize how strong she was until she faced this. And she made a decision. Because of what that doctor said, there is a hope if she just makes sure give me the right nutrition. So my mom took upon herself to start learning how to cook and how to learn about Chinese herbs and how to combine the nutrition and herbs to nourish my body. And my mom completely invented her own way of cooking Chinese food. Oh, that's incredible. 
And it took her so many years, so many disappointments. I mean, I remember there were days that my mom was so frustrated with me. It's just because I was very hard to control. And and she get mad at me. You know, she would say things. But overall, my mom has never, ever given up in me. And I learned that from my mom. Okay. So that that's your your foundation that you had. You saw the tenacity that she had yeah, and the perseverance and it instilled that in you. So you came yes. by it naturally. And how did your dad handle this? To be honest, wasn't very very good for a lot of years. And and it was very painful for him to to seems like nothing is working. So my my dad for for a while really just kind of focused so much on his work and he doesn't really come home uh, until very late. But when I got began to show some improvement, really, back in the, I would say, starting from little late 13, um, I, I discovered I really liked English. Okay. And my dad decided to take more jobs after work. He would write papers for the physics magazine to earn some extra money. And and they enrolled me in the after school English tutor class. Now you were still in Beijing at this time. Yes. Okay. And it was funny that how now I think about how everything works out because we had a, a nine inch black and white TV and my my dad brought home one day, and I remember when I came home I turned on the TV, and there was a new show. It's called Follow Me. And there's a Chinese guy on the left and an American lady on the right, and they were teaching people English. And I was just completely mesmerized by oh. this new language. <laughs> it's just amazing. And I remember I learned a little bit, and I ran outside because we live in this a uh, lot of uh, studios, one next to another. Okay. And and I will share with the kids. I said, you know, I just found a new dream. When I'm uh, 18, I'm gonna go to America. And, you know, me, I would just have no filter. I just say whatever's on my mind. <laughs> and then kids would just make fun of me even more because it's very crazy. Back then, China was very closed to yes. the whole world. Yes. And I would just say things so weird. And now I realize it was something that God instilled in me, something in the future that, that he saw. And I had no idea. But it was something that is the biggest dream in my life. Well, he had and placed English, that at- Sorry, he yeah. just, he had placed that in your heart. Exactly. And English really changed my life. Amazing. Because it got me interested in something. Your focus changed. Yes. And I because I try to memorize things that affects my school, I became get get better in my high schools and, and later middle school. All my other classes were terrible, but my English was good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so funny. It's just it's huh. weird. Yes. And so this is now you're, you're 13 at this time? Yeah, I was I, – a lot of things happened when I was 13. Uh, 13 is also – 13, 14, I think around that time. But 13 is, is also one of my lowest points because the bully got so bad and – and I have to be honest, a lot of time when you are poor, uh, you have financial problem, you have uh, you had to work six days and all these housework and, and a very difficult kid, it's very hard on the marriage. Yes. And I remember the times there where I have to be the messenger between mom and dad because they don't talk. Okay. 
and they definitely want to get divorced, but the reason they stayed is because nobody really want to give up in me. And also because in China back then, if you divorce, then you have to move to the dorm because only married people can have a studio. Oh, I see. And I remember feeling I was the extra. I I felt if I don't exist in the world, then mom and dad can have freedom. That's number one reason. Number two reason, I just felt like I was so different from everybody else growing up. Nobody liked me. Teacher didn't like me. Kids make fun of me. Everywhere I walk, people treated me like entertainment. And it was just get to the point that I think dying is the best thing I could do for myself. So I did try to kill myself. Yeah, it was my next question was how did you deal with your depression and did you try to end it? So Yeah, I tried to end it was my mom's sleeping pill. I, I will steal it and accumulate it and it was funny that when I took it, you know, my mom is like always on me and she's very controllable all my movement. And I thank her for that because if she didn't discover, who knows what will happen. Yes, yes. So now I think back, a lot of people say they don't understand why people want to kill themselves. And I will say I understand how they feel because when you have absolutely no hope, Right. The pain of killing yourself is much less than the pain you feel. So the so pain the see- pain of dying is less than the pain of living. Yes, absolutely. So I understand how they may feel, but I can say that after that, understanding a lot about life, a lot about how we don't get created or things happen to our life is not really accident. I I do think by not having certain things, I have other things more blessed. And I think every one of us, the moment we're born, we have hidden gifts in us waiting for us to be discovered. If we focus a lot about what we don't have, then we don't allow ourselves to discover the gift that we do have. Say that again, because I, I that's my message, and I want to hear you say that again. And just, you know, it, it's wonderful. Oh, I I said, uh, if we focus so much more on what we don't have, then we don't give ourselves the opportunity to discover the gift that we have. That's very, very true. And at what age did you make this uh, realization? I think that take time. And I would say what really changed me so much was that when I came to U.S., and I have to say that to me, it was a huge miracle to finally get my visa. That The, the sort of things that happened, it just cannot be explained. And I felt like it was a destiny for me to come to U.S. And when I came here, I remember I signed up for the host family because it was free. <laughs> I have good point. And, and, and also because I, I know that one of the things that I – realized before I came here, even though a lot of people were saying, oh, U.S. is so many opportunity, you can just bend over and the money is there. And I remember when I first landed to Montana, and I specifically looked down at the floor and there was nothing. 
yeah, I guess I didn't realize it was a metaphor. Right, right. That's so funny. Oh, my goodness. But my host family is, is probably the most wonderful people I have ever met when I was 19, you know, because I, I got my visa when I was 18. And by the time I got to the U.S., it was the next year because my birthday is December. And they were just one of the, those giving, kind people. Because I couldn't figure out why they were so nice to me, knowing that I was poor. There's no way I could ever repay them at right. the moment. Right. It, it got my curiosity. I don't understand why people treat me that way. And they didn't really share a whole lot about Christ and all that. They mentioned a little bit. And this is what I love about them is they use their action for me to be curious about why they are the people they are instead of preaching to me that is key right there i totally that's agree. a key for me yes, and yes they instill that and i was so curious about it and i started to go into church and i remember made a commitment to follow one of the the lady to do the discipleship and i study the whole book within a year and also because god also performing another miracle in my life and because I was praying I said Lord I my dad ran out of money I will not be able to finish my college I said if you somehow able to help my dad to come back to China uh, to US again then I promise to really be serious about things so I will say I started out with the wrong reason but it wouldn't matter I think a lot of time I wonder if it's all planned out to him, maybe it wouldn't matter how I got to want to know him. It matters if I really have the true relationship with him. And I think over the years, up and down, there were times I, I did leave him. And, you know, there are times that, that I thought the material stuff is more important. And throughout the years, there was so much up and down that I, I can say, now that I, I have the, the best relationship with him. Oh, that's wonderful. That I feel so close to him. And that's that to wonderful. me is a treasure. Now, let's back up a little bit. There's a, yes. there's, let's first of all back up to um, your physical condition, I'm assuming, is what was the, why you were the brunt of bullying. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So just share a little bit. The reason I'm asking you to share that is because so many people and so many parents who will be listening have to deal with this for their children, whether yes. it's a disability or just, you know, general bullying. But this is a subject that, you know, we talk about a lot. And so mm -hmm. I want you to um, share a little bit about that and also how you dealt with it, what got you through and, and how your parents may have helped you through that too. Yes, um, I walked really. I mean, as you can, you can, you can probably imagine, I limped a lot. And back there, back then, going to school, you had to walk. Right. And I remember, uh, in order to get less of bullying, I will walk with my head down because I felt like if I don't see them, then somehow I got rid of half of the pain. Oh, and I wished, you know, teacher would help me a little because I was slower than other kids. It wasn't like, a, you know, there was a special school for kids like that. Right, right. And like I said, mentioned a little bit, I, I, I reached my lowest point of 
lows. But what really got me through was, and I think there's another miracle, because my dad friend introduced me to a set of translated book written by Dale Carnegie. And I was completely mesmerized by what he had to say. He basically <laughs> talked about the fact that if, as a human, if we focus our energy on the things that, that, that we're not good at, then is is a most way of is a worst way to waste our energy, and he was very blunt about it. Mm-hmm. He talked about all of us has this insecurity about ourselves. Some of it is physically that you can see, some of it is inside that you cannot see. But all of us has some sort of disability that we don't want. So he ta- he talked about how. To encourage you to be confident. And I remember soon after that, I came across a, a fitness magazine. I forgot who gave me that. And I just had a thought. I said, well, it may be if I start exercising, then my leg will get stronger because my right leg was right leg is very thin. And that made my left leg very thick. Right. Okay. Yeah, and it, so I thought, well, if I just exercise on my right, maybe it will have less pressure to my left, and I will somehow walk better. So I decided to beg my mom to create a two sandbags. Back then, they don't even have any uh, weight things. Right, okay. And, my, and I, I was dragging my mom crazy, so she finally made a two sandbags, and I will strap on my uh, right ankle, and I... I, back then, I had the uh, iron bed, so I will hold my hand and try to lift my right leg, and nothing moved except the pain. Ah. So I got pretty mad. I, I throw the sandbag, and I said, "Well, I'm going to try again." And then when I try again, nothing happened. And and I remembered when I was begging my mom to create the sandbags. You know, I overheard my parents kind of place a bed on me because the, they. They say, oh, this is not going to last either. You know, my mom, my dad was saying probably two weeks, and my mom said maybe three weeks. And because of that, there was something in me just. You wanted to prove them wrong. I'm going to prove them wrong. But after I tried a few times, nothing happened. I I started to cry, and I thought maybe everyone were right. You know, nothing will ever change. But I I just didn't want to. I just didn't. Something in me just said, I don't want to give up yet. So I decided to hold both my hand on the, the iron post and close my eyes and just give it all. Aww. And then I saw a little lift to my right leg. And that was the beginning of amazing change. Wow. So I start exercising every day a little bit. You know, I, I couldn't do the movement, I what the magazine said. But by doing it every single day, I saw the improvement. And I've been working out for 30 years. And and now I can walk pretty well. I mean, it, it's not really that obvious with my leg. Are you kidding? That's No, I'm not. Wow. And 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 my husband, he met me in 2005 and and a lot of people will say today said, "Do you did you really limp that bad?" And my husband said, I can guarantee you because when I met her in 2005, she's still a lot worse than now. 
Mm. This woman really have the determination to exercise. <laughs> and I have all these people in the gym will say every time they feel like they don't want to go to the gym or they didn't want to work out and they saw me and they would say, well, if Daisy can do it, I can do it. That is such an encouragement for people. You are you are their motivation a lot of times. I'm sure you recognize that. But I think every one of us can do that. It doesn't have to be something great. Only I, I my encouragement to the listener is if you just do a little bit every single day, you'll be amazed the improvement in a month, in two months, in a year. Essentially, that's, you know, that's exactly what I'm saying. You never gave up hope. Yes. And for people who may be, you know, wanting to give up hope, that's where the encouragement comes is to see somebody who was so hopeless become so hopeful and realize the fulfillment of that. You're you're a walking miracle. I, I absolutely am. And literally walking. <laughs> yes. Yes. My longest uh, hike is is five miles. I was able to accomplish that last year and i was just so happy now is the pain level do you still have pain or have you been able to overcome that as well well one of the things i did is i've always wanted to find alternative ways to solve my problems i remember i did see a lot of specialists all of them say you know you're already pretty much a miracle because they compare the x-ray when i was young because i carry that with me and they see you know i i, mm. I improved and they say just be happy and you just be happy. And I never believe in that. So I actually found somebody. I've been praying for that for a long time. And I found a, a special chiropractor. And, and what she did differently is she took different kind of x-ray, three different dimensions. And she said, oh, my God, you know, your case is pretty bad because my spinal is crooked. Okay. Also, the because of the right hip is pushing up. And is suffocating all my uh, reproduction organs, which I don't know. I, I nothing surprised me. But and I said, what can you do? She said, you know, you can do the adjustment. But what's most important is a home exercise. If I teach you, can you make sure you do it? I said, done. <laughs> Consider that done. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. So I did it for six months, and and also my neck and uh, spinal curve was really bad. My neck was uh, 17 out of 31. And my spinal was negative 11 out of 45, which is normal is 45. Oh. And I would do it every single day and make sure I do my posture correct. I go to all my appointments and I'm pretty much all correct. And I, my hip is all even. And, and now I, I give a speech. I tell people how normal people can do these at home exercise to make sure that their spinal is going to be correct it naturally because most people are, are not as bad as me right right so now i teach people how to have better postures how to really do the uh, home exercise and a lot of people say oh how, i don't remember to do these i said how about this this is what i do every time you go to bathroom just do a little can you do that and, that makes and I'm, sense sure yeah it's that you just need to do it because you'll be surprised if i can change was my phase two. That's how worse it, it, it was. Phase two. There was, she had never seen phase three. Phase three people are probably going to be dead. And, and I was phase two. was one of the worst she has ever seen. Wow. If I can correct it, anyone can. It, it's a belief. You have to believe that you can do it. That's right. And you have to tell yourself, 
only thing you have to do is consistency. Anything in life is consistency. People who are successful in anything, they have something in common, is they never give up and they always be consistent. You don't have to be the smartest and you definitely don't have, don't have to be the prettiest, but you can make a huge difference. I totally agree. You're you're absolutely right. And it's so wonderful to hear you share that part of that story. You have passion. I mean, that's so evident. Your passion is is to help other people now to realize the same kind of miracle that you had. Yes. So let's back up again now uh, in your story to when you decided to come to the U.S. Um, what did you come to college? Is that's what yes. brought you here? And what did yes. you study? And I enrolled in computer science because everybody said that would be the easiest to get a job. And I definitely needed to make money as soon as I can because soon after I, I – Right before I graduated, you know, my, my dad used to work for a super collider. He was a physicist, very smart guy. But when the super collider closed, I I know that I have to take on the financial uh, responsibility. Responsibility, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's what I did. And I remember when I first came to U.S., I had a lot of um, things I didn't realize because I thought my English should be okay because I had a tutor, you know, I do the tests. But when I came to U.S., I realized people talk really fast. <laughs> and I realized, oh, oh, I don't understand what they were saying. So I decided that I really have to speed up that somehow. So I was asking the uh, ESL teacher, how would I, how can I do to improve my English? And they all told me to watch the news. So I did that one night and realized they were wrong. <laughs> oh. At least for me, at least for me, because the the news anchor talk even faster. So I decided, you know what, just like what I did with my leg, I'm going to do something that's going to work for me. So I decided to create something that works for me. I decided to memorize commercials. Oh. (laughs) That had a huge impact in me. And I I remember during some of my speech, I would do that little tricks. I would say I would do an act. And see if they can guess what is the, the commercial that I memorized. It was, I can't believe it's not butter. Okay. So I did that. And then I also told myself that every single day, no matter what happened, I will read for 20 minutes of the school newspaper to help me speed up with my reading. Because every day, you know, a teacher will say, oh, you read chapter one and two and you can do this assignment. And it would take me forever just to flip one page. So every day I will cry because I just can't read that fast. But what what's interesting is by doing these two things, very soon I was able to catch up. And I remember my first IT test, I think I was I got a fifty-three for my for my test. And the second one I got seventy-five. Oh my goodness. So I, I improved very fast. And not only that, I did one more thing is I decided that I'm going to talk to anyone who's willing to give me 30 seconds. I don't care. I don't care if they make fun of me because I realized something that that's one of the greatest things that happened in my life when I was growing up is nobody can make fun of me more than what I have endured when I was young. That's right. So it wouldn't matter. (laughs) 
And then another thing I did really helped me was for me to come out of my um, introvert shell was I enrolled in the drama class. That oh, okay, so this was in um, like college, yeah, in college, so I, okay. Yeah, I enrolled in my drama class, and I met one of the most amazing. I, every everywhere I go, I meet the most amazing people in my life that that had a huge impact in my life. I went there. And the I didn't realize at the time the teacher was the drama director, and he said, "I'm gonna I want to make sure I know where each of you levels are." So he said, "Imagine there's a door on the left and there's a door on the right, and you have to go in through one door and do something for a minute, and then leave another door." And I just want to run because huh. yeah, when he finally called my name. I just stood there and just froze. Aww. And after that, I just feel so embarrassed because everybody else. Are of course. And I just want to run. I, I told myself this is not for me. And after class, he came to me and he said, don't worry about it. If you just stay in the class and never quit, I'm going to help you. <laughs> There's that never quit again. Yes. So I decided because how sincere he was. I stayed in, and every time I learn something, I will go home and face the mirror and practice. By the second semester, and I will never forget this, because he will give us each a different script, and okay. you have to act. And I act mine. Mine was a old, wrinkled call girl. Yeah, prostitute. Okay. Yeah. And and I got an A plus. Okay. And he really helped me to understand about ourselves and how to really and and help me to understand that when you up there talking or do anything, it's not about you. It's about the experience. It's about what other people. So when you take yourself out of it, you you can you can you you can discover your gift. I never even realized I had an acting gift. So it's just amazing experience for me. And how did that play out in the rest of your life? Uh, so amazing. And I tell you, it, it just, it, God is so amazing. <laughs> when I, let me tell you, when I first finished publishing my book, I thought, oh my God, after, after I let everybody that I know read my book, how can I have other people know about my book? You can have the best thing if nobody knows. It's just a hidden talent. That's right. So I thought to myself, I need to learn how to speak. And I've never given any presentation ever in my life. So I started Googling, and I found Toastmaster is the cheapest option. So I found a Toastmaster club nearby in our YMCA. And I visited. I will never forget. It was 2014. January 5th, which is last year, I went in there and everybody was very friendly and all these Americans. And somebody asked me before the uh, the meeting started, Daisy, would you like to be a, to a table topic speaker? I said, what is that? Oh, they say it's very simple. We just ask a question and you talk for one minute. I said, okay. It doesn't <laughs> sound too bad. One minute. I can do one minute. Well, I had no idea what I got myself into. Sure enough, she asked me, and I stood there, and when I faced 20 people, 
and plus they have some kind of word of the day, and I've never seen that word before. I just froze, and I have no idea what I was saying, and I had that temporary blind moment. I could not see anything in front of me, and I thought to myself, I don't belong here. Mm. Because they had two speakers that night to give the prepare speech. They were phenomenal. So I didn't think I belonged. But I was about to leave after the meeting, and this older gentleman who's a stutter, very bad, he came to me and he said, I saw something in you, your natural speaker. And I thought to myself, was this guy also blind? <laughs> But he was so sincere, and I saw that in his eyes. And I said, you know what? Because of what you said, I'm going to start coming. And I did that. And I won speech contest all the way to district. Oh, that's wonderful. But, but every time I compete, I shake like leaf. <laughs> but now I train myself to be better. Another thing I did maybe funny and and I I hope people find that pretty funny too is I want to overcome my fear so I decided you know how can I do something and that I already do to be able to improve myself and I realized I had the aha moment because I go to work out at 24 hours every day and after I work out I always go to the sauna so I thought to myself why don't I just give speech in the sauna <laughs> because sauna is hot so when you speak you know, it make your heart rate very high, fast. So to me, if I can overcome that, it will be simulating as if I'm in real life. That's right. And I remember each time I will ask people, do you mind if I give a speech? Most people ignore me or start putting their earphones. Maybe one people say, oh, yeah, they're interested. So I will start speaking, and then soon people will start taking the earphone off and, and a lot of people will be interested and listen because they thought it was funny. What were you talking about? I would just practice my Toastmaster speech. Okay. And then at the end, people give me standing ovation. <laughs> so after three months, I know I can do it. So it, that's the thing. I'd never – if somebody tell me I can speak, I will laugh at them. But the thing about it is we don't know – what is the gift that we have until we're willing to step out of our comfort zone? That's right. And then you're going to discover something even amaze yourself. That's right. So for anyone think their life is doomed, nothing is happening, nobody is good to them, they have no talent, nothing to look forward to, I tell them, dare to make one step out of your comfort zone and see what's happening. Because when you that. dare to do that, you're going to attract the right people willing to help you. What, I, what I've been saying the last few months is that I prefer to live outside my comfort zone. And that has become my new comfort zone. Because yes. when you're constantly pushing yourself out of that, you find a whole new it, – it, you don't want to be there at all. Like you'd right. rather live outside of it. And that sounds like what you're doing, always pushing yourself one step further, one step better. Yes. Excellent. So let's talk about your book. Tell me about your book, the name of it, and, and where, we can, where we can see it and what, it, what it's about. My book name is A Girl That Was to Sell Soy Sauce. It's a metaphor. It's equivalent in Western means 
what are you going to do for your life? Flipping burgers. Yes. And you can get it from Amazon. And uh, you can also, I believe, order from my website as well. It's a book about my life. Okay. And it talked about when I was young, what happened to me. It talked about how I, I learned about English. It talked about how I discover my confidence. It talked about how I start exercising. It talked about how my dad became cancer-free. It talked about uh, me discover yoga. It talked about how I met my soulmate. So your life story and also obviously inspirational. Yes, it is and, very raw and very real. And do you also share some of your uh, like your herbal secrets and your uh, your change in the way you're eating? I know that that's on your website. Yeah. Interestingly, I, I didn't. And what I have discovered when I did my book is so many people ask me, well, so what is it? What is it? And that really prompted me to find out my speaking niche. Uh, when I first begin to speak, I, I focus on the motivation, talk about my story to encourage people. Unfortunately, what I have discovered was a lot of people may not be necessarily interested in that. Because they people want to see what is it that 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 they can do right away for themselves, right? Something that tangible. And I remember when I'm very frustrated to find out what is my niche, what separate me from other speakers. I came across a guy, and he said he paid someone to find out his niche. And one of the biggest question that helped him was. Pay attention what other people ask you the most. So now my niche is teaching people living happy, healthy the Chinese way. How you can use simple change in your life to accomplish great things in your health. Because without health, it's hard to accomplish a lot of things. Because yeah, if you're right. not healthy, you can't do things. And without knowledge, no, we're strapped and thinking the only way to be healthy is pop some of the pills that could have tremendous side effect to your body. Now, you yes. mentioned, you mentioned yes. that your father was cancer-free. Is this because of, of your research and how you were able to help him? Yeah, we decided to use uh, uh, Ganoderma, which is the purest kind, uh, which in America called Ganoderma, and in, in China is called Lingzhi. And in Japan, it's called reishi. Okay. That's a mushroom has been in China for 4,000 years. I've always known about it, but it's very expensive. But we decided to do that because what better time to do that when others may, you know, may not work. Right. And my dad was cancer, tumor was gone in three months. I totally believe that. That's my story, too. I was given two years to live 40 years ago. And uh, I decided to use alternative methods, which exact, which was whole foods, okay, and and herbs and etc. And yeah. uh, I'm not dead. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah. So I can totally relate, and I think that's excellent. People are looking not only, you know, we started talking at the beginning of this today was they need hope, but they also need practical advice, and a yes. lot of that is in the area of health. Yes. And my question to people has always been, 
if you don't have time for your health today, you'll have no health for your time tomorrow. Absolutely. And that, you know, obviously you have found that to be very true. And so you don't share that in your book, but you do share that on your website. And you share. I, I actually speak about it. I, okay. You know, my keynote and also my seminar is called Living Happy Healthy the Chinese Way. And, and where do you, what kind of venues are you speaking in? Like, um, you, now I have, I spoke at some of the um, luxury independent retirement homes. I have uh, been trying to get into uh, some of the women's conference. Okay. I, in fact, uh, Wednesday, I finally got through one of the corporate. I'm going to speak in front of uh, their committee to do a 10 minutes test. If they like it, then I will be able to speak with their employees. It's not that easy to get through, but right. every time people hear me, they're like, oh my God, where have you been? Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah, it's hard for to get in, but people understand. But a lot of people still don't necessarily believe. They're like, oh, how can a mushroom or how can this and this really change your life? And, and you, you are going to face people who are very close-minded. And it was very funny that I spoke last Tuesday at a venue and this guy came in in the about 15 minutes into it and he said I'm just going to take a picture of you and and I will leave I said uh why don't you just sit down and and listen for a few minutes he's oh I'm not really interested (laughs) I said I said okay no problem so he took my picture and he stayed for two minutes and then he loved it so much he started getting other people to come in. Oh, you're going to have people that very reject this because they feel like, what do you know? You're not a doctor. That's right. But the, the, the thing is, I hate to say that a lot of time was the way that Western medicine looking at thing is too specialized and they don't communicate each other. And, and I think a lot of it don't realize your body actually work as a whole. You can't put Band-Aid into symptoms. You have to find out what is the cause of it. And by curing the cause, it helps overall. You're and absolutely I think right. people need to have that knowledge. Yes. Without knowledge, you have no idea when someone tells you you need to eat this pill. That's right. That's so right. That's what I'm trying to do. And hopefully, uh, word of mouth will get me into more corporates. I, I'm, that's what I'm hoping. And you're the kind of person that'll make it happen. I will give a <laughs> try. You know, I, I will definitely try a lot of things to see what works. And, and I always want to see how people react and what are the things that they're really eager to to want to know the answer. Because every time I speak, I actually learn a lot about what other people's needs. That's right. And and that helped me to be even a better speaker and and help me to have the passion to do my research. And the, the learning is never stopped. And that's what I love about life is you always learn. You help other people. You help yourself. That's right. And and everything just come together. And, and I never know when the opportunity is there. But I do know, and I always want to make sure, is when I wherever I speak, whether it's one-on-one or two people or five people or 100 people, I'm going to give them my 100%. Excellent. I'm going to be real. Yes. And whatever happened down the road, I tell you, is is God's plan. But I'm going to do my part. You're taking one step at a time. Absolutely. 
Well, it has been incredible, Daisy. You have just your love for life, your passion, everything and the way you present yourself. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I'm excited that I'm going to be able to promote you and to encourage people to look at your book, to look at your website. Um, this is, it's been thrilling. I absolutely loved it. You have, you have such a, a warm, um, welcoming, uh, perfect English for one. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm sure that you will go much farther than you even can dream possible today because you are a dreamer and, and you will make it happen. And I, I applaud you in every way. The name of your book again on Amazon is a girl, a girl that was to sell soy sauce and your website. What is the name of your website? DaisyU.com, which is D-A-I-S-Y-Y-U.com. Very good. That's easy enough to remember. Plus, on my website, they'll be able to follow you there when they listen to this broadcast. And um, it'll be wonderful. I'm sure that we will meet again and we will talk again. And thank you so much for everything you shared, even the raw right from the beginning. I appreciate that. You've been wonderful. Thank you, Daisy. I am so blessed to have this opportunity. And and if I may add one more thing, if Absolutely. anybody on, on Facebook and really want to get free tips, uh, feel free to like my page called Daisy U, Two Cents on Health. Okay, that's easy to remember too. Daisy and U. If anybody want to just get motivation, they can check my Daisy U speak, speaker or speak. Okay. I think Daisy U speak. Easy to remember. Yes. Thank you. Daisy you. Why you? Yes. Okay. Thank you again, Daisy. Thank you. Have a Bye-bye. blessed day. Thank Bye. you. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.